With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The tenth time they've made it! They've won a playoff campaign! And they've done it at Wembley! And for the first time in 74 years, Brentford will play in the top flight of English football! And he puts it in! Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Eden Road podcast where on tonight's show we're going to be previewing the home game against Luton Town at the GTEC on Saturday. If you haven't already listened to our episode going over defeat at home to Arsenal, go do so now. That episode, as well as our special app with Beast Hall of Famers, Sam Saunders and Marcus Gale are both live across all of our digital platforms. So please do go and check those out. Feedback's been great on the special episode so far. So thank you for that. Joining me tonight, though, is Phil from the We Are Luton Town podcast. And he's going to be giving us the lowdown on the Hatters ahead of their trip to West London on Saturday. Phil, mate, fresh on the back of a second win this season. How are you, how are you doing this evening? Yeah, good. Thank you for having me on, Mike. Appreciate the uh, the opportunity to chat to you about the the upcoming game. So, yeah, thanks for having me. Um, absolutely buzzing at the minute, if I'm being really honest with you. It's uh, first first Premier League win at home in uh, in well over 30 years. So, yeah, absolutely buzzing at the moment to be a Luton fan. Nice one, mate. Nice one. Let's, uh, we'll get on to the Palace game, but just before we get going, guys, remember, if you haven't listened to the podcast before, please do go and subscribe to our YouTube and Spotify channels, leave a rating as well, and also give us a follow on our socials. That's at the Elam Road on Twitter and at Ealing Road Pod on Instagram. Right, Phil, let's let's start with the Palace game, since you said it in the intro. What was your initial reaction to the first win at Kenilworth Road? How, how important was it to get that first win at home? I think um, it was massive, if I'm being really honest with you. Um, I think you could tell in the stadium how massive it was just to get that monkey off of our back. Um, we got our first win away at Everton in the Premier League, which was our first first sort of big hurdle. But for the home faithful to be able to actually see a win in front of their own eyes, we'd, we'd come close on a couple of occasions. We had um, absolute dominance, really, against Wolves um, before we before we conceded um, to Pedro Neto's um individual brilliance really um we've obviously had a real close call with liverpool no one was expecting us to do do much against liverpool but we we obviously went one nil up and, and held on until gone 90 minutes so um to actually finally get it over the line was absolutely massive the 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 the, the feeling in the stadium was palpable about that sense of relief and that sense of pride that we're we're in the premier league we deserve to be here we can win games and we can collect points you mentioned the couple of games where it's been close. But Palace aside, and, and this is the kind of question that I ask all of my guests, how would you assess your start to the season? Because I've watched a few looting games here and there. And you, even just looking at the results, the winning margins, they're not they're not by much. You've been in almost, well, apart from bar, bar a couple, I mean, Brighton 
was I mean, even in the Brighton game, though, I remember watching that on the first day of the season. You weren't, it's not like you didn't have chances and the performances have been there, would you say? Yeah, I think so. I think um truth be told, it's been it's been a, a, a steep learning curve. Um I think those first two fixtures away at Brighton and away at Chelsea. Um the scoreline in the first game, like you say, it probably discredited how well we did. Um yes, we gave up a lot of possession, but with ten minutes to go, we got it back to two one through a penalty and you're thinking, right, let's go and get and go and get an unlikely point away from home. But obviously by doing that, we we conceded a couple more goals through an unfortunate individual error. But these things happen. Um the Chelsea game was more difficult, I would suggest. I think that going away to Stamford Bridge and and realizing that you're playing against centre midfielders that cost over a hundred million pounds you're going to struggle. It's going to be difficult in this league, you know. But uh, but since then, like I say, it was it was important for us to start getting some games at home. Obviously, we had we had a couple of... Uh, we had to rearrange the Burnley game, which was meant to be our first home game. Um, so we've always sort of been on the back foot in terms of how many home games we've played. Um, up until this weekend, just gone, we, we played seven away games and only five at home. Um, and for us, home, home advantage is going to be absolutely massive for us this season like making Kenilworth Road and actual Luke Cauldron is is going to be is going to be huge so like I say it's it's been a steep learning curve we've um we've we've adapted we've tried to make sure that we're we're tight and we're in games and you can see that like you said through the score lines Mike we're, we're in games it's just getting them over the line that's that that's been the difficult thing and like I say if um the last couple of results at home or anything to go by then uh, then fingers crossed moving forwards I do want to talk a bit about sort of Luton's rise. I, I know you must be a little bit bored of it as a Luton fan at the moment because it's like it's it's like the first not 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 of the rise itself of the of actually retelling the rise to everyone that kind of asks. <laughs> I feel like with me being a Brentford fan and all the other Brentford fans will tell you uh, the kind of first thing that someone asks you is you know how has it been this kind of meteoric rise from the lower leagues up to the Premier League? But what what has it been like from a fan's perspective? I think. We're we're riding a crest of a wave. Let's let's be honest about it. Like this, this is as peak as I can remember in my living memory. Um, like I say, I, I I was born in 1987. Our, our biggest trophy win. I was not not old enough to win uh, to to remember it. Sorry, um, in 1988. Um, so that's sort of like our biggest achievement in our history, really. But now it's the second biggest, in my opinion. I think that throughout the throughout the nineties and, and and the early noughties, we've sort of gone up and we've gone down and we've we've seen promotions, we've seen successive promotions, we've seen relegations, we've seen successive relegations as well. But um you do have to pinch yourself sometimes when you when you're sitting at Kenilworth Road and you're thinking, I was there when we were playing against teams like Hyde, we we're playing against Gateshead, we were playing against Forest Green before they were sort of the Forest Green as we know it. But right now we're playing against Barnet. Like it, it's it's been meteoric. Like it's it's difficult to to sort of fathom. And you you turn up at the ground nowadays, and yes, it's the same. Don't get me wrong, it's the same. But a it's rammed, <laughs> absolutely rammed all the time. The cameras are everywhere, <clears throat> and uh, there has been significant changes to the stadium that to the to the sort of untrained eye that doesn't know Luton you'd be thinking well it's still this little little in some people's eyes dingy little place that's uh that can only hold 11,000 now but to me it's it's home it's my favorite place away from my actual house I love it and and the fact that it's hosting Premier League teams it's it's difficult to 
difficult to fathom um but i'm so proud of them i'm so proud of our current ownership and how they've led luton town over the last last 10 15 years um so yeah it's it's just a sense of proudness really to be honest with you over the last 20 years i think i i was going to save it for for speaking a little bit later on in the pod but there there are the targets are to emulate yourselves and that's not me trying to sort of brown nose up to you as a, as a, as a, as a fellow podcaster but the reality of it is is that you've had a huge rise and we want to emulate you. We want to be able to be in a new stadium, to be sustainable in the Premier League and to start pushing for honours. Um, so, like I say, you're, you're sort of four, five, six years down the road from where we want to be. You, you mentioned Kenilworth Road and I remember when Luton got promoted and maybe, maybe the younger generation of football fans or the football Twitter kids from nowadays didn't quite appreciate the beauty that is Lo- that is Kenilworth Road. Almost said Loftus Road there, fucking hell. Don't say that. <laughs> Don't say that. Do not say that. There's a mutual there's a mutual agreement. We will not mention Loftus Road. <laughs> uh, Kenilworth Road. And um I can speak for all Brentford fans when I say that I'm incredibly jealous of the fact that you managed to refurb Kenilworth Road and have Premier League football there. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love the GTEC and we have kind of made it our home, but seeing Griffin Park in in a lot of ways, similar to Kenilworth Road, very small, very tight, not the largest attendance figures, uh, but it has that kind of old school football ground feeling. And I remember sort of on a Tuesday night, especially in a big game, there's kind of nowhere else better to watch football. And I, I imagine it's the same with Kenilworth Road. Yeah, absolutely. Under the lights, Kenilworth Road, it, as much as I wanted to say it's a fortress at all times, under the lights, Kenilworth Road is something else. Um, it's it's like I say, it's just a, a beautiful thing. To, it's the eye of the beholder, I know that. But um, like yourself, it's that intimacy, it's that, that feeling that deep down you know that the players can hear you. You know that they can hear you on the side. You know that they come out off the pitch and they say that the crowd does make a difference. You know, and... Uh, like I say, Kenilworth Road has a lot of scars, a lot of a lot of um, nuances to it that you would think, oh, I'm not too sure on that. But I've been fortunate enough to go to every away game so far this season for Luton Town, and I would take Luton's ground ahead of any of them. <laughs> I, I, would, I would, I would, it's, it's just, it's that feeling of going into a bowl. I think that that's that's what I find difficult. So I don't want, I don't mean to berate them and and pick on them, but. Um, Brighton's ground, great for what what it is, but it is an arena. It's yeah. it's whereas we've got an old school football ground that's sort of tucked in amongst the street. That's why, in some of my um, my write ups after after game, that's why I loved Everton so much because Ever- yeah. Everton's Goodson Park ground was like Kenilworth Road on steroids. It's like four times the size, <laughs> but it's still tucked in between these little streets that um, sort of tucked away, you know. Um, so, yeah, I- I- I'll be sad when we have to leave Kenilworth Road. We do have to. It's it's a necessity, really, for us to move forward as a club, but it, it will be massively sad when we have to lose that. And like I say, hearing hearing fans such as yourself that will come to the away games and, and experience it it is an experience it's one of those things that you will be able to say i went in off road um so yeah anyone that can get a ticket for our our, our incredibly small allocation if you can get a ticket come along <laughs> and make some noise because not many people do <laughs> <laughs> no i'm i'm very much looking forward to I, even like it sounds silly but when when the fixture list came out i, I singled out luton town and kenilworth road as, as one of the ones i want to go to Definitely. Um speaking of that, there's there's a lot many a lot more bowls in the championship off the top of my head that I can just name sort of Reading, 
big bowl cardiff big bowl they, they are just mm. a bit shit really yeah. Um, yeah i think there's there's less there's less in the premier league and i feel like in in my first uh, season when we were in the prem i managed to get to every game bar bar chelsea away every away game and um when, when we beat them 4-1 by the way what one to miss uh but <clears throat> i felt like that it, it is pinch yourself territory there's there's less bowls and it's just like wow every every ground i go to is just it's amazing it's such a stark difference between championship grounds you mentioned sort of wanting to emulate brentford and i do want to talk about the kind of bigger bigger picture with being a fan outside of the top six what what are the long-term targets for clubs like Luton and Brentford? We've spoken about it on our podcast before about how expectations change as seasons go on. Say Luton did stay up this season and you stayed up the next season and you finished higher. What, what does become the ambition? Because right now I think there's as big of a gap as there's ever been between that top mm. six slash Newcastle in seventh as well. And no signs of slowing down without, you know, 13 other Saudi Arabian investments or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think that there's a there's a huge chasm. You can see, now that I'm part of it, now that I'm a fan as part of the Premier League um, fan base, you can see that there's a massive chasm um, between those top six, top seven, top eight, even, um, and and ourselves. And I think that over the if we were fortunate enough to to stay up through through our hard work and through our sort of squad recruitment. I, I, I do think that we will be looking at doing the similar sort of things to yourself, that it will be sort of slowly climbing up those. those. But you look at yourselves, you look at teams like Palace as well, teams that sort of consistently finish between sort of 10th and 15th place. But ultimately, they're a sustainable Premier League side that can start making signings that cost your 30s, your 40s, your even £50 million. Um, for us, it's very much sustainability for the club. I think to be here is pinch yourself territory in terms of it feels like we've won the lottery really um to be honest with you and i think that that's sort of reflected our in our recruitment because we know in the back of our heads that we've basically just won a free stadium um so sustaining that stadium and and being able to then build the the sort of the club up from from that stadium and and being able to re-recruit and make make ourselves like I say sustainable even i wouldn't want to be uh, a yo-yo club. I, when I say that, I, I'm talking like your West Broms, your Norwiches that go up and go down because it's so hard. I mean, you look at you look at Norwich; they're they're down in the bottom bottom half of the championship now. That like it eventually will catch up with you. Staying up, like yourselves, like Palace, will be the ultimate sort of target. And um, yeah, I think it's one of those things where over the next five or six years, if we could stay here and just get that stadium up and running, get ourselves set and start to become a team that people want to come and play for. We've, we're very lucky we've got a really exciting manager that wants to play football. At the moment, I still think that there's a degree of him playing to the strengths of existing players as well. So it's really interesting time for us to see how that's going to evolve over the next few years. Just on that relegation sort of sentiment, I mean, there's there's a lot that's been made about how this season, the relegation is as clear-cut as it's ever been with the three teams coming up, looking like the ones that are going to go down. I would actually disagree. I think Forrest are in big trouble. I think Fulham are in big trouble too, uh, despite their win the other night. But I think Luton, out of those three that have come up, they look the most likely to pick up points. And that's starting to show in points now, as well as performances too. Do you, what, what, what do you think about the sort of whole, the three teams that have come up, it's the most clear-cut that they're going to go down? 
Yeah, I think I, 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 for my sins, I listen to Talksport a lot, and um, <laughs> and they 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 do the uh, they, they they get the bookies on there all the while, which I I do have a problem with with how much they're sponsored by that, but uh, but they're always going on about the the odds at the bookies, and and it's always that Sheffield United and Luton are are sort of nailed on. They always seem to put Burnley above that, which I I find interesting because they I feel like there's a bit of a uh, a bias because they've managed by by Vincent Company. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Um, but Bournemouth are also down there as well, and obviously I know they've picked up a couple of decent results um, recently. But the the Everton point loss, uh, whether that's temporary, whether that stays or not, is a is a big source of anxiety for me at the minute because having another team down there to sort of drag into it is it can only be a positive if we can, like I say pull those people in like your Bournemouth, like you mentioned, your uh, your Fulhams, your Nottingham Forests, and it would hopefully make for a bit of a battle. But what's really pleasing for me is that Luton, because of the name, I think even just saying Luton Town, sometimes there's that stigma attached to little Luton, you know, and and people couldn't believe it, it that the miracle had actually happened, that Luton Town had been promoted to the Premier League after this meteoric rise. And but it quickly goes from respect to disrespect. It's very quickly you're the sort of the pauper, um, you're the runt of the litter, um, and people are like, oh yeah, teams like Luton. We we put up with it for years. We we've got a hashtag for teams like Luton. We know what we know how to deal with that. But it it's it's that becomes the sort of the narrative um, that we're that we're doomed from the very very start. And I think people on match of the day, the analysts on match of the day, are finally starting to come round that we're more than just a little team that got lucky like we're we're here to fight like and and we will fight and you'll see that in our performances you see that we don't get battered so far we do have yourselves man city and arsenal in the next week or so so <laughs> we we could be having a different conversation in two weeks but i pray not um but like the point is that is that like i say we we're, we're we're more we're showing more class than the other people that have come up i think um, in terms of our performances, so I'm I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. Yeah, I I do want to talk about Luton players specifically, but I do see so many similarities between Luton and Brentford. Even you just mentioned we used to have a, a teams like Brentford hashtag. We called little old Brentford all the time. The amount of times I hear Brentford just being swiped aside as this mediocre opposition. I remember listening to a Frank Lampard podcast. And he was like, forget qualifying for the Champions League. We can't even beat Brentford at home. And I was thinking, hang on, Frank, we beat you 4-1 in the first season. We beat you 2-0 in the next season and 2-0 in the next season as well. It's just like they, they kind of just pass us off. But any, anyway, I want to talk about some some players in particular. One that immediately springs to mind is Chidozio Benny. Honestly, if you'd have told a Brentford fan in 2018 that Ogbeni would be playing in the Prem, not only just playing in the Prem, is he, he's been one of your best players, am I correct? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. He's... um. It's two two things for me with Ogbené. A, he's absolute lightning in a straight line. I mean, I think he's been clocked as the fastest player in the Premier League this season. Um, second of all, he is really versatile. Plays on both sides, fits into numerous different systems. So if we're playing four across the middle, he can go on either wing. He can play as a wing back on either either um, either side as well. So um, he's get he's got himself a goal. He's got a couple of assists as well. So he's had to work to get into the team. Um, but I think as soon as he he's actually been given that opportunity to to have a go and get some minutes under his belt, he's been undroppable since. Um, so and he plays with a smile on his face. He's he's already a fan favourite. Like he's got the biggest, most infectious smile, um, and and that goes a long way when you 
when he's turning around to the fans and he's geeing them up and he's showing that big smile. So he's loving life. And I'm, I'm so, so, so thoroughly happy that he's ours um, and that we've given him that chance. Yeah, I I think uh, it, I'm definitely super happy too. When even the short stint that he was at Brentford and he only made a handful of appearances, he was definitely a fan favourite. I remember we were at an away game and he was on the train to the game. He must have been injured at the time with his misses. And me, a few of my mates had a conversation with him and said he was just like, just a class bloke, just a really nice, nice guy. Um, so I'm a bit gutted that we kind of just didn't see that potential because I've been watching Luton and in every kind of highlights reel, he's always the guy that's making things happen. I, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Penny Ruddock and Panzu. Would I be right in saying that he started in both of the games that you've won this season? Because he played against Palace and he started against Everton yeah. as well. Is, yeah, that's right. Is that, and he's got, for me, sort of the best, one of the best individual stories in football ever. I mean, just incredible going from the conference to the Premier League with the same club. Talk to me a little bit about him. What are his strengths? Will he start so, on, on Saturday? Yeah, I think, um, truth be told, he's um, he's been more of a lucky charm. Um, and that's not to discredit him. I think that he is behind uh, Marvellous Nakamba in the pecking order. Um, I think that he picked up a knock on international duty, so he didn't start at the weekend. Uh, and the reality of it is that Nakamba, if he's available, he'll, he'll play. Um, but that's not to discredit Pelly. He's been getting plenty of minutes um, as well off the bench. He's, he's usually coming on around the 60-minute mark. Um, he's one of these players where he... He has an infectious energy, you, like he's he's the personification of our club over the last ten years. Um, he's got strength. He's he's good at spreading the ball wide. Um, he's got that drive as well to be able to sort of get up and down straight through the middle. So, I I would never want to discredit Pelly. I think that he's an absolutely fantastic player, and he's shown that he can step up at, at each level. You know, he's he always makes that jump up, no matter how much people write him off. He will step up, and uh, like I say, it's it just it's almost poetic, really, that he's the lucky charm that he happens to start when we win. Um, caveat it that he wasn't on the pitch when we scored on Saturday, but the point is he <laughs> right, was okay. there and he gave us that foundation. So yeah, nothing but love for Pelly. I promise you, nothing but love for Pelly. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of Elijah Adebayo. I think that goal against Forest should be up there with goal of the seasons coming in this season. Big fan of the touch and finish. Uh, who else in this Luton team should we be worried about going into Saturday? I think um, the main the main man up top will will likely be Carlton Morris to start. He started every game so far. He's got a number of assists um, and he has got an eye for a goal. It's just obviously difficult when he's playing on his own. Um, up top, and because he drops deep a lot um, to to win the ball, to hold it up, to bring the wingers into play, sometimes it can it can sort of bypass him if the build up is 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 a bit quicker. Um, you'll see that some of our best goals have been like through Chong and and Ogbené that have got that natural pace to just absolutely fire up the other end of the field. Um, but that's not to take anything away from Morris. He'll be influential um, on Saturday. If um, if Adebayo starts, um, I'd be quite surprised because he's been so influential off the bench. It's the same with the Forest game. He, 
he came on and he just made the world a difference. And that finish was absolutely incredible. I was very close to the front of the stand of that one and I went absolutely bonkers. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it, was, um, it, was, it was a lot of relief in that. But That Forest um, End is good fun when you win. <laughs> it is. It was, it was good fun. It was good fun. I enjoyed it up there. So, um, so yeah, especially the way that we got the two goals back, that was particularly pleasing <laughs> as well. So, um, I think other than that, there's, there's sort of two two other main players at, out on pitch because Kaminsky's had an incredible season, by the way, our goalkeeper. But um, in terms of our attacking sort of prowess, I think Barkley is the, the player that stitches everything together. I think as he's getting more minutes under his belt, you're realising just how much of a Premier League sort of clever player he is. His feet are just incredible and he's got the ability to ping a ball 60 yards to to bring someone into play. But equally, he can hold it up, draw players and then bring players in into play um, a, a bit more neatly and a bit... It, You'll you'll see it if you look back at the the highlights for the last goal against Palace is that he he drew two or three players to him and then played a simple ball out wide and bang there you go we we're we're away. Um, the other player that sort of goes under the radar a little bit and I am a little bit biased, Mike, so I'm I'm just going to be really honest here. Uh, Alfie Doughty, he's another one that sort of goes a little bit under the radar. He plays as um as a wing back for us. Last week he played as a right wing back, um, but typically he's on the left hand side and um. He's got an incredible left foot. Um, he scored a one. I remember seeing some stats. I remember seeing some stats. Is, is he's got like some of the best sort of completed crossing stats in the league or something yeah. like that, something along those yeah. lines. Yeah. So amongst our fan base, people are sort of saying, well, um, Southgate's saying that he's not got a lot of left backs. Um, <laughs> so um, so um, I think that's been, that's been a little bit premature perhaps, but that's not to take it away from doubt. Doubt he has incredible um, pace. Um, he's got a, got a good engine, um, and he gets up he gets up and down and whips the balls in. So he'll be he'll be vital if we're if we're going to do something good on Saturday. If if he is to get make the England squad, I would be <clears throat> really shocked because Rico Henry is yet to be called up, and all Brentford fans are massive fans of Rico Henry, and we despise Southgate for not picking him. So if Alfie Doughty get called up before him, I will be very very upset. <laughs> in, uh, <laughs> are, you, are you expecting a a back five or, or a back four against us on Saturday? Yeah, I think a back five. Uh, I think away from home so far, we've been playing sort of three centre-backs with the two wing-backs. Just as tr I think, again, it's a case of trying to stay in the game uh, to build ourselves a base so that we can... We can we, we tend to be better hitting teams on the break, especially away from home. Um, so I think, if I'm honest, I think it's going to be a five. Um, last last away game, we were up, up at Man United and, um, like I say, we, we were narrowly defeated, but it was not a disgraceful performance, not in any way, shape or form. We, Like I say, we built ourselves a foundation. Um, and I think I can't see it being too much different from that um, because with the greatest respect to uh, this will get me absolute pelters, but I've got more fear for playing against you guys than I did against Man United at the time we were playing <laughs> them because their form was, was dreadful. So, yeah, I think it will be much the same and it will be a five. And just before we wrap up, Phil, Talk to me a little bit about Rob Edwards because he seems like a really forward-thinking, progressive manager. He's got a good CV, but also just a really nice bloke, especially from his kind of post-match interviews. He's young, he's fresh, he doesn't kind of give all the PR-trained bollocks. He, he seems like a quite level-headed and nice guy. What, what have you made of him as Luton manager? He's been fantastic because it's one of those situations where our, our sort of management route um over the last few years it's it's been we had nathan jones who like after john still john still 
could have uh, I don't know whether he has got the freedom of the city, but if he hasn't, he should. Um, but he's he's an absolute legend. I mean, he he set us on our way in terms of changing the culture of our club um, because it was quite dark and it was quite sour. Um, teams were coming to us sort of saying like, shut the crowd up for 20 minutes and then jobs are good and you'll win. Um, he changed all of that. And then Nathan Jones came in and sort of revolutionised the way that we were playing in the lower leagues. We had a brief stint where Graham Jones was our was our manager and he was a car crash. That was, that was horrible. Um, he, he just... He killed a lot. And actually, he was in charge when um, we came to Griffin Park last. I was kind of hoping to avoid <laughs> how it last went at Griffin Park because I was there and it was an absolute nightmare. But um, yeah, he was he was the man in charge when you tonked us 7-0. So, um, so yeah, I, but uh, we, we then got Nathan Jones back. And it was difficult because he, the first time he left us, it was it was massively sort of backhanded, you know, and, and there was a lot of lot of ill feeling towards him. But he came back and he proved that he was he was a great manager for us. Um, and Rob has just taken that foundation on. But I don't know whether or not Nathan would have done what Rob's done. I think his man management is is incredible, and that's not to take it away from Nathan Jones. I just think. Rob Jones, uh, Rob um, Rob Edwards is an absolutely fantastic man manager, and he's just clever. I think that he's he's got that um, that background to be really really clever and just know what players to use, know to play to their strengths, and not try and reinvent the wheel. Like he knows that Luton have had success from be from hard work over the last few years. Like we put in the kilometers, we we do the hard work and we play to our strengths. And uh, the personification of that was the the playoffs um, against Sunderland. We got a lot of stick nationally because obviously it's a it's a rich game um, about the way that we played against Sunderland and the fact that we we played the high balls and we played but we played to our strengths. If you've got two centre backs that are five foot eight playing against two strikers that are six foot three and six foot four, then you're going to do that, you know. So um, Rob knows that and he's and he's not shy. To you to to play to our strengths, and I just think he's been a breath of fresh air. Um, I, I love him to pieces, and uh, he he's going back to the sort of bookies again. He's quite high up on their list to be first sacked. He won't get sacked. I'm just putting it mm. out there, by the way. He just will not get sacked. Like the we love him too much already. Um, like I say, there's the the move from our our neighbours down the road in Hertfordshire um that i won't mention <laughs> but uh but uh yeah he, he moved from them to us and i'd imagine he probably had so much anxiety about how he was going to be he'd be treated but we love him and he's proven himself and, and you can't help but have to love him like you say he's, he's a nice guy knows his stuff and, and we're, we're over the moon with him yeah i see a lot of similarities between thomas frank and rob uh rob edwards as well just in terms of you mentioned the kind of playing to your strength thomas frank is quite good at knowing the team that he has and knowing the team that he's coming up against and then kind of setting up his team in a certain way that might not be the best on the eye, but you know it's the kind of best way of getting a result or best chance of getting a result. Final final question for me, Phil. Uh, one that I ask all my guests, or final couple of questions. What have you made of Brentford so far this season in terms of players, results? And on the back of that, how confident are you heading into Saturday, if at all? Yeah, yeah. So, um, like I say, I think I've got a bit of PTSD from Griffin Parks. So <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit worried about about how it's going to go, but um, I'm really looking forward to playing you guys. And it'll be, be interesting to sort of see um, how you've evolved as a, as a Premier League team as well. I mean, I've, 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 I've followed the Premier League even before we were in it, and um, I think that there are a couple of players that I, I think you're 
a little bit top heavy in terms of in terms of your quality. I mean, and that's not to that's not to be disrespectful towards the defence. But when I think about Umbermo and uh, and Wiesa, they're quality players. Like they're they're top quality players. And like I said, that's that's without your your star man being there. So um, so I have a lot of respect for for Brentford in terms of what they can do going forwards. Um, you've obviously got your linchpin in the middle. You've got Norgard that's there. Um, as well, and you've got Pinnock right in the right in the centre of the of of the back line, and I'm personally really, really sort of hopeful because we've not got a play against Rico Henry and we've not got a play against Ivan Tony because, like I say, they've torn us to shreds before. Um, so um, I'm I'm hopeful that that we're playing you at a decent time. Um, I think that, like I say, so far this season, I think that there's probably been. Um, a couple of games where you could have snuck a win, but you've 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 drawn a few um, where where potentially you might be a little bit upset about about that, and rather than rather than taking home three points. But as long as you've got Thomas Frank, you're going to be fine uh, ultimately. And and I know that you're at that stage now where you're going to be looking towards pushing into the top half, pushing into those sort of those those Europa League type places. But um, ultimately. I think I think that you're in, you're in a decent place. I think that, like I say, it'll be a real difficult Premier League test for us um, away day in London. And um, like I said, I'm I'm over the moon to be going. I'm, I'm fortunate enough that I've got a ticket. Really looking forward to seeing how you guys get on. And um, I think it'll be tight. I'm 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 not um, sure whether we'll we'll um, we'll get a win, but I'd take a score draw all day long if I'm honest with you. That might seem really negative, but like I say, I think that, that that's. <laughs> It's being respectful to our opponent as well. Like I say, you've been up here for a few years now. You've got that now. So you've got that those players. So we are still learning. We're 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 doing it as quickly as we can. But being realistic, uh, we need to be respectful of our opposition. You know, hundred percent, mate. Hundred percent. Looking forward to what should be a good game. I think that'll be a, a nice place to wrap things up there, Phil. Really appreciate that. The Edinburgh podcast will be back next week to obviously go over the Luton game on Saturday and also do a brief look ahead to Brighton in midweek. Just remember, guys, before we leave, please do, if you haven't listened to the podcast before, share it around with your mates. Subscribe to our YouTube and Spotify channels and also give us a follow on our socials. That's at the Eden Road on Twitter and at Eden Road Pod on Instagram. Phil, it's been a pleasure, mate. Thank you very much and good luck on Saturday. Cheers, Mike. Take care. Podcast Network.